0: You know, key messages aren't, aren't there to be a tool for lying or, or manipulation, they're just a way of helping you package your communication so that you can get across what you want in the most sort of concise and coherent way.
1: Kia ora. I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Kia ora, I'm Kim, here is GM of Comms 4.0 and today I'm talking with Anna Radford of Radford Communications. She's recently worked with the Sustainable Steel Council to help facilitate a workshop to develop key messages for their members and the wider steel industry. Today, we'll be delving into that process and the importance of using key messages as a powerful and strategic tool to focus communications on what really matters. Kia ora, Anna. Before we dive in, I'm really curious to know a bit about yourself and how you got into your line of work. Kia ora, Kim. Thanks for having me
0: along today. Well, I originally trained um, as a journalist a million years ago and worked for eight very unhappy months at the New Zealand Herald and then (laughs) decided that maybe um, journalism wasn't for me. Um, So I ended up being in public relations and that's that's quite a common path for journalists um, to take.
1: And so I I love PR, and I've been there for
0: 30 years. <laughs> yep.
1: Actually, I have to say PR is something that's always really scared me because it, it seems to me like quite a hot environment where you really have to be on your toes a lot. So um, definitely not one of my strong points. So I really admire that you're in that sector of communications. It's really cool. Well, at the end of
0: the day, it's all about communication. And, and the thing is, it, actually, we all communicate,
1: but it's, you know, how well we communicate is, is the big question. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, and, I, and I guess that is why we're here today to talk, because one of, one of the topics that I wanted to delve into is around key messages. Um, now, obviously, you've worked on developing key messages with both HERA and more recently the Sustainable Steel Council. Why do you see that as an important step for a business to undertake?
0: Well, first of all, I'll just share with your listeners about what key messages are. Great. So they're a strategic communication tool. It's like a framework. So if you think in terms of um, maybe major headlines you know, within a document or if you want a medical analogy, like the bones in a skeleton. So they're the kind of must-have aspects of the communication from which form an umbrella for all the nice-to-have bits. So if you were on, if you were going to be in a radio interview, for example, and you only had thirty seconds to get your message across, your key messages are what you want to be talking about, not all the nth degree detail.
1: Yes, I I could agree with that because it's often you know you've only got a split second or a, a very small moment of time to get across what you're trying to say and um, it's definitely a muscle you need to exercise and have tools to be able to do that in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah so key messages basically help to frame the communication and to um, keep it focused and on track and you can have multiple sets of key messages so I tend to um, think of having like a key message toolbox so if we looked at um, if we looked at the Sustainable Steel Council, for uh, for example, you know one set of key messages would be around who is the Sustainable Steel Council. You could have another set around the benefits of membership. You could have another set of key messages around the benefits of steel over other metals, uh, sorry, over other materials, and so on. So there's not a one size fits all approach. It really depends on the topic.
1: So with that, we're basically saying that that toolkit box is really the value of the key messages, isn't it, so that it's adaptable to different situations? Is y-
0: Yes, well, it's more that you need different sets of key messages for different situations. So if you're trying to, you know, if you're a membership body, um, such as the Sustainable Steel Council, then you're, you might be trying to convince members, you know, of the benefits of joining. Um, whereas like for an organisation they might have some sort of crisis, say a product failure, well you'd need a whole different set of key mm. messages around that. So I guess they're really contextual in terms of what is the communication objective, who are you talking to, what do you want to achieve from the communication?
1: Right, yes, yeah, so I guess there's so many layers to it, yeah. so it's just a almost like a growing growing set of tools over time?
0: Yeah, well, yes. I mean, it really depends, you know, again, on the situation. I mean, some organisations will just have, you know, two or three sets of key messages. Some might, I've got one client where they're a membership body, but they've had a lot of issues to deal with and they've probably got nearly a dozen different mm. sets of, of messages specific to the different situations they have to deal
1: with in the media. So getting to the process of creating a key message framework, what does that look like or what's the process involved?
0: Well, I've actually developed a methodology um, for developing really robust key messages and it's quite an involved process and it typically takes, you know, um, depending on the group size, but, you know, it can take three or four hours. Um, But basically the, the, the first step is to be very clear about what's the communication objective. What are the messages there to achieve? What are we, who are we talking to? Um, also to sort of understanding what you know risks are, any risks or opportunities in the situation. And then the process involves literally brainstorming everything that you could say about that given topic and defining that topic is really important. And then looking the next step is and this is the one that a lot of people struggle with. it's defining what are the underlying concepts or themes in behind all those zillions of things you could say on the, on the topic. And one thing I've noticed is that um, not everybody's a highly conceptual thinker. That does require quite conceptual thinking to really understand the underlying theme. But anyway, once you do have the themes, you distill it down to six. And I've discovered that if you have more than six key messages in your, in your set, then there's too many. There's a double up somewhere. If you have less, then there's usually a gap. Uh, and then once you've got distilled it down to six themes, then you build a message off each theme. Sounds a bit kind of academic. It makes um, a lot more (laughs) sense when you're going through the process
1: and then you test them. Yes, definitely. I mean, having gone through the process myself, I actually found it quite eye opening, I would say, Mm. because you're saying different types of ideas and it might be seismic research as an example, but really that's not the underlying message. It's probably more about a message of resilience and helping structures to be more resilient. And so it's sort of drilling down below the surface to really understand what you're trying to communicate to your target audience. Yeah. And
0: that's that's the thing. A lot of people get sort of bogged in the detail. And it's and I might add, it's really easy to get bogged into the detail, you know, when you're doing it every day. Um But you're absolutely right. It's like drilling down into what really underlies, you know, that detail. Um, And there'll always be some theme. It might be around safety or resilience. Um, It could
1: be, you know, around aesthetics or, or whatever, you know. Yes, I think that's where I found it was valuable having someone like yourself to facilitate that workshop because it just keeps everyone on track and focused on the bigger picture and trying to come to those six key messages uh, as a consensus versus sort of trying to have everything down on the piece of paper.
0: Yeah. And, And, you know, it does help, I guess, you know, not being personally involved in, you know, in the topic myself, because then I can sort of step back. But also, I am a very conceptual thinker, and I have found that even within the public relations profession, not everybody does good key messages, actually, because you've got to be able to you know, think thematically. And as I said, it sounds a bit academic, but it's crucial to be able to um, do that so you can develop really robust messages.
1: So who should have key messages? Is this something for everyone or...?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly, every organisation, whether it's a membership body, you know, or a commercial organisation, should have key messages. Um, mainly because it, it helps you keep your communication on whatever the topic really focused and you know, and on on target. And it helps avoid those oh, if only I had you know thought to say that moments. Or conversely, oh, how do I get out of this communication <laughs> moments? If you're doing uh, any news media work absolutely should be um, using key messages. They are your key tool to keeping um, an interview on track. But they can be used in personal communication. I mean, I've used them personally when I've had to deliver bad news to someone about something. Um, and, you know, I literally ran in my mind through, OK, what do I want to achieve from this communication? What are the risks? What are the messages I want to get get across? So you can just use them, you know, anywhere.
1: Yeah, and yeah. In, in every day-to-day yes. communication it's kind of cool. So... Uh, Getting back to the process of the actual workshop itself, if an organisation is choosing to do this type of work for their business, who would be ideal to be part of that workshop?
0: Yeah, in the old days when I used to work with organisations on key messages, I'd sit down with a chief executive or marketing manager and, and we'd get out some great key messages. But actually I found the best process is, for key stakeholders in the organisation. Now that will vary by organisation, but it would often be the people on the senior team, or maybe if the messages are around, around staffing issues, you know, you may even involve some of your staff in that. Um, but I found that the, the people who you want to be using those messages the most should be in that workshop.
1: Yeah, definitely. So almost getting their buy-in. Well, as well. yeah, it's buy-in, but it's also once they've
0: gone through the process then they actually really do get what key messages are and why they matter because part of the workshop involves testing them and sometimes it's not even until the testing part of the process that I see the lights come on with people Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just an academic thing if you just give people the key messages and say use these they don't really have the context or understanding of them necessarily
1: No, I would actually agree on that because it's very easy just to give someone a piece of paper and say, hey, learn it, but unless they really understand what they're talking about, they're not going to be able to confidently use it and use it to the best of its ability. So I can see that being a really important process to involve them in it so that they really sort of can, can speak to those words more confidently and because they understand it more.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they get the power of it. But it is also important to have realistic expectations of people because, you know, there's that saying it takes, I don't know, you've got to do something 20 or 30 times to make it a habit. And I find that with key messages that people can get key messages and they can see the power of them, but remembering to use them is another thing. So, I think in an organisation that's maybe just getting used to using key messages, maybe keep each other, you know, honest with it and remind each other to use them because it's very easy just to revert to old habits.
1: Yeah, that's a good tip to try and keep it practical in its Mm -hmm. use. Print them out, stick them on your office wall,
0: I've seen, you know, or on your partition wall if you don't have an office. Have them there in front of you to remind you to use them.
1: Mm, Great idea. So. In terms of those key messages then, I think you kind of lightly touched on it, but how do you know that you've got the right key messages once you've sort of come up with your six key points? How do you know that they're the best ones?
0: Well, the best tool is to throw the gnarliest question that you can think of uh, in relation to those key messages. And if you can't use those, at least one key message to frame a credible response, to that gnarly question, then chances are you need to do some more work on your key messages. Um, another oppo- another way is just to you know play reporters, pretend someone's come Hill on a bad day, <laughs> and you know grill the other person. And again, if they can't use the key messages to frame cr- credible responses, then there's a hole in them.
1: Yeah. So essentially, key messages should be able to get you out of most. Yep, things. into or out of anything. It, <laughs> ah, I like that, into yep. and out yeah, yeah, of. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, because, actually I'll talk about that, because sometimes in communication, whether it's a media interview or maybe you're meeting with a client, you know, to try and sell your product or whatever, and you can feel the communication sort of getting drawn down a rabbit hole, and I think we've mm. all had this where you're thinking, oh, how do I get out of this? Well, again, your key messages are a great tool for framing a response that helps to shift the communication back onto the track you want without being too blindingly obvious about it?
1: Yes. I guess um, for people who may be listening, it sometimes is a little bit hard to understand how the power of the key message is until they hear it in, yeah. in action, I guess. Have mm. you had any situations um, when you've been communicating that could be a good example of that or is it just something that happens Oh, naturally. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it happens all the time. I mean, if I'm if I'm going into a media interview situation, for example, I always think about, well, what do I want to most convey? What would be the ideal headline, as it were? What are the messages that I you know need to Mm. use? What are the risks involved in that interview? I mean, that's the classic example. Yes, I
1: think because also with media conversations, you know, it, it is quite a high pressure sort of experience and I think having six things to remember is a lot easier than trying to remember everything and if you can just keep those focused in your mind it's it's almost like a a calming mechanism because you think I can use those in whichever way the the question line comes at you.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, good key messages, you can really distill them down, each message down to one or two core words. Um, Of course, you should use supporting detail. I'm not saying don't get into the detail, but use use your key messages to, I guess, control the interview. Mm. Or, you know, if you're writing a newsletter or giving a pitch or a presentation, use your key messages to give direction to what you're saying, you know, supported by, you know, that other nth degree detail.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great... Great way of uh, attacking or approaching, approaching the communication. So I guess that kind of um, delves a little bit into some of the ways that you apply it into day-to-day communications. I heard you say about emails, media relations. Is there any other areas that you think it's helpful? Yeah, newsletters
0: would be a classic example. Um, Certainly presentations, um, any kind of pitch. You know where you're trying to. Persuade someone to do something or not to do it. Mm-hmm. Staff communication, uh, any kind of communication. When you think about it, even if it's just a day-to-day communication, there's always something you want to achieve from the communication. It might be as simple as I want that person to make me a nice coffee when I order it <laughs> you know, across the counter. <laughs> you know, so the key messages, you know, for me, it's a you know, a double shot, flat white, three quarters full <laughs> thing. So those are my key messages. You know, they don't have to be high-fluting. Um, You know, academic things, they can be as simple as that. But it's it's about just giving a guidance to get your whatever the communication um, it is to where you want it to be.
1: I love that. And I guess that also um, weaves into how it helps in terms of public relations and crisis communication. I think we've kind of discussed how it can get you out of those situations or make you feel comfort, more confident in those sorts of environments.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like particularly with a crisis communication situation, things are often moving really quickly. Yeah. Um, Often there's a lot of unknowns, and yet um, you know your, the media or your target audiences, your staff or whoever's been affected by the crisis, they want to know stuff. So you've got to think of okay, what you know, what do we need to convey? Um, you know what what don't we know yet? Again, you can fr- use the key messages to frame it. So then. Mm. If you're in a radio interview and there's only 15 seconds, at least you're getting the important stuff across.
1: Yeah, that's really true. And I guess it also allows you to be a bit more open and transparent with your communications while still feeling like you're getting the right things across.
0: Yeah, like like it, it's a definitely a uh, communication control tool, but then communication should always be open and transparent. It mm. doesn't mean you've got to wash the dirty laundry in public, as it were, but you know, key messages aren't aren't there to be a tool for lying or, or manipulation. They're just a way of helping you package your communication so that you can get across what you want in the most sort of concise and coherent way.
1: Yes, it's a really great tool. I definitely really advocate it. I have advocate for it. I have seen it in action. Uh, in, in terms of even just recent communications around sustainability, that is something for the Sustainable Steel Council that has been a massive thing that they've wanted to achieve mm. to give confidence to the industry on how they can frame our sustainable credentials m- more confidently and yeah. clearly. And it is it can be quite a volatile place to be playing in but i think having something like that to fall back on to talk around sustainability um the recyclability of steel has just allowed industry to be a little bit more louder yeah about sharing those things because before that we were quite reserved
0: yeah yeah absolutely and when you think about you know the key messages around you know the benefits of sustainable steel that could actually form the framework for a presentation So you've got those six key points and then you can just write the detail underneath and both your presentation's done.
1: I mean, it really does make communicating
0: much easier.
1: Yes, and I think another great thing about it just – which just came to me, is that when everyone's singing off the same song sheet, it makes for a stronger absolutely compelling line of messaging as well because, you know, you're not getting discrepancies across everyone. We're all talking the same language. Exactly, exactly. And you'll find, you
0: know, different people have different communication styles. So there are some people who like to just delve in the detail And then there's others that are sort of communicating at such a sort of high up level sometimes it's hard to understand. And again, as you said, if everyone's singing from the same song sheet, it just means as an organisation you're a lot more powerful in your communication through that
1: consistency. So Anna, would you say from your experience of running these workshops, have there been some typical roadblocks that you come up against when you're you're running these workshops and... um, I guess, key learnings to come out of the process? I think the m- most important thing is um,
0: to understand that it is a process that takes time. And so not allowing enough time just makes things really rushed and, and you know, have had situations where clients have only had a set amount of time and I know it's not quite enough and I've mm. warned them, but it means that you sort of have to kind of leave it hanging a bit. So it, it does take time. Um and the other thing is if, if you are going to be having a key message, you know, development session, allow time for breaks because it actually involves quite a lot of brain work. Mm. It's quite, it is actually quite, um, gosh, if I say emotionally exhausting, I'm probably going to scare <laughs> everyone off, but it involves a lot of thinking, yeah. actually. And um, so it's just really important to, you know, allow people a bit of time partway through to decompress. That would be the biggest barrier. What I find is there's often, um, you know, some quite robust debate. I mean, sometimes the debate is even at the point of deciding what the communication objective is, like what what do we want to achieve from these key messages or even defining the scope of them. Um, But I find that it's a very healthy debate because it's good to flush out those, I guess, different points of views when developing key messages and it actually makes for much stronger key messages in the long run. Mm,
1: I love that so thinking now about the time you spent quite a lot of time really (laughs) with uh, working with the metals industry in particular as I mentioned here in the Sustainable Steel Council from an outsider's uh, point of view looking in um, what have you what insights have you gained from working with us that you think uh, would be worth sharing?
0: Well I applaud your passion. Your your industry is a really passionate one, and um, that comes out very much in the key message workshops. I've done you know, two over the last few years, um, as well as some training around using key messages. And I just love the engagement from people, because the worst thing you can get when you're running something like this is for people to just sit there quietly staring at you. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a, clearly an industry of people who are very passionate about the topic, and Really deeply care, actually, and that's something that I think, again, has shone through in the way the messages have have panned
1: out. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes, I'm really proud to work in this industry. I think we do some amazing things for the New Zealand economy, and I'm very keen for us to be able to share that with New Zealanders and I guess society in general because I, th- I think we do make some meaningful contributions to New Zealand. Um, so I- I'm very passionate about having key messages that we can all hang our hats on and feel very proud of sharing out there in the public realm.
0: Absolutely,
1: and use them because they're, no, yes, they're, use they're them.
0: absolutely no use to you if, if they're just sitting on a piece of paper. You know, you've got to use them, use them, use them.
1: So for the people who would be listening to this now, um, what would be your comments or, you know, your call to action to get other businesses to do this? You know, why why should they do it? Well,
0: at the end of the day, it comes down to just being a more effective and efficient communicator. Um, And often businesses will have, or organisations, they may have some sort of trigger point at which they realise they've really got to do something about this. It may be that they, you know, do a staff engagement survey and people are complaining about the quality of the communication Or it could be that someone does a media interview and completely stuffs up and that, that, you know, people realise there's a whole lot of different reasons. Or often it's also people aren't confident, excuse me, in sales situations. So, you know, there'll be different triggers for different organisations. But the benefit to all is the same if you do use them.
1: Yes, I can see that. And actually, you bring up an interesting point that communications is important for sales. And I know that a lot of our members would really relate to that because it's obviously the important part about their business is making sure that they're staying relevant to their potential clients and stakeholders. So. Um, I think you often forget that communication is a big part of building those relationships. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and, and certainly in a sales context, I mean, there'll obviously be a, a set of key messages about the organisation or the business itself, but there should always be a set of key messages that's from the consumer perspective or the end user perspective. So in other words, what are the benefits of, mm. of using the product or the business's services? Because quite often people and salespeople do this too. They communicate from their own perspective So they talk about us and we, not you, you know, end user. And so it's really important to have some user-oriented key messages.
1: Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm a big advocate for value proposition. Yeah. Yeah. Not for yourself, but for who you're trying to serve. Absolutely. Definitely. So to do a process like this, Anna, if, you know, there are businesses from our listenership that are interested in, in delving into trying to develop their own key messages, what are uh, the indicative types of costs and time that you can expect for a process like this? It really depends on
0: the context. So, some of the context would be um, is the workshop just to develop key messages or is it being done as part of a, a wider PR or marketing plan development? Um, what's the size of the group? You know, all these things can mm. affect the length of time it takes. At a bare minimum, um, if it's just for developing the key messages and it's a small group, you're probably talking a good three hours. But you know, if and but if it's a larger group and you're developing several sets of key messages, then you know it could be up to sort of two thirds of a day, or you know, or even slightly longer with you know, with some break time, of course.
1: Okay, so yeah, so, yeah it's pretty variant on the situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Probably- but
0: at a minimum, I'd say three hours. Okay. Um, also, um, for businesses, I'm actually a registered provider with the Regional Business Partners, which is a New Zealand trade and enterprise um, programme, um, that, and I offer subsidised key message training, uh, sorry, key message development workshops through that. Oh, great. Yeah, so one thing, it, so it doesn't apply to membership bodies, but, um, you know, for private businesses, smaller ones, not mm-hmm. not so much larger ones, um, there is the opportunity to apply for a voucher through there and then get a 50% subsidy.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's probably a really great thing to know for many of our members because we've got quite a few small businesses yeah, yeah. that make up our memberships. So yeah, that's no,
0: it's a great service for small businesses.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. We'll have to make sure that we put some of that information down in the show notes for everyone. Sure. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Anna. It's been really insightful to understand a little bit more about key messages and and how they tick and how to get them sorted for your own business is there anything else that you wanted to share before we finish off but I think the main thing is don't be scared of it Um,
0: just do it because your communication will be much the better for it
1: so there you go thanks for joining our conversation with Anna today If you'd like to get some context to the key message process we've discussed, a great start point is to refer to the Sustainable Steel Council's Six Reasons Why fact sheet, or to listen to episode 43 of Stirring the Pot, where our CEO Troy Coyle discusses this more in depth. You'll find the links in the show notes. If you'd also like to explore developing your own key messages for your company, you'll also find Anna's details in the show notes. For me personally, I found this conversation very inspiring and would love to see our industry become more proactive in sharing our voice. I believe by doing this, we can more positively position our industry and our sustainability credentials and change societal perceptions for the better. Food for thought till we see you next time.